Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out of Grief Comes Art. I'm Elizabeth Copeland, founder and chief playwright for Grief Dialogues, and my co-host... Hallie Williams. And together, today we have the honor and privilege of talking to Jocelyn Williams. I was so honored to meet Jocelyn a number of years ago now, when we did our very first book, and her essay was in that book. Um, we got to make sure that we maybe um, post that on the on the website again oh, we soon. Totally, totally. So, so everybody can see. It's just some great and it, and it's and Justin, you can get into this too because it's not it's grief, but it's not necessarily around death, but it is around loss. So we'll, mm. you can maybe talk a little bit about that. But so I met Jocelyn then several years ago, and we had a reading with the Nevada Hospice. And Justin came all the way from Sacramento to join that reading, and that was really special. So, thank you very much for joining us today, Jocelyn. Yeah. And before we get started, absolutely. And before we get started, Hallie will uh, tell us who we're thanking today. This podcast, I feel like I should have like a really official voice. This podcast has been made possible in part by funding from Humanities Washington and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Humanities Washington opens minds and bridges divides by creating spaces to explore different perspectives. Thanks for believing in our project and supporting us, Humanities Washington. Yes, thank you. So Jocelyn, hi. Hello there. I like your last name. I know. It's like we're... (laughs) We could be relating. You never know. We could be. <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't until I got married that I realized just how many Williams on this planet there are. Okay, there's quite same. a bit. Yep. Same. I, I was like, oh, this is so great. It's a good last name. And then there's a million. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm super oh. excited to have you. I'm always excited to have a guest, um, but you write some really awesome stuff. And I was excited to share with our listeners. I feel like it's a different perspective and vibe than we normally have. So um, I'm interested to expand the world, you know, open our eyes to our listeners. Not that they don't read a lot of different things, but how are you today? I'm doing really well. Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Elizabeth mentioned that I I joined her um, in a chat in Nevada. I also joined her in New York. So I feel like we're before COVID, we were kind of like travel buddies. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for another opportunity to um, to talk uh, and in this space with you guys. Yeah, I just moved. Yes, and I went. I forgot about New York. We did a performance of Greek dialogues in New York. Actually. Film version, uh, and Jocelyn joined us on the panel there too. That's right, we had that was great. That was a great year. We did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's fun. You're like those were the golden days, right? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get back to travel again. Yeah, I, I that would be fantastic. Um, you guys, let me tell you a little bit about Jocelyn. Jocelyn is a writer. She writes blogs that focus on life and loss. She focuses her energy towards talking about relationships, whether you're single, dating, or married. Woo woo to the married folks. Um, I want to help people experience healthier relationships and recover from the ones they lose. Uh, that is a statement from Jocelyn. But here is her official biography. She's passionate about the world of recovery. She's been helping grievers overcome the pain and heartbreak as a result of a loss in their life. She is also a certification trainer for the Grief Recovery Institute. In a nutshell, she loves to help people become the best versions of themselves. And that right there is a segue to for me to say, me too. 
I feel I'm all about like, I mean, that's a huge part of why I do this podcast is how can I help others be the best version of themselves? I mean, as I figure out how to be the best version of myself, I think we're all in it together. Exactly. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a two part thing, right? It's not we want to help others. But we know, I think when you've been in a place where you've discovered some things that are helpful for you, and your life has maybe opened up in a different way. Mm. uh, And you have more happiness, or you have more peace of mind. uh, It's out of that that you're like, Oh, my goodness, I one of the best things I can do with this is is help other people as well. Right. Or, or, you know, just even thinking like when I was going through my hardest times, um, if somebody were to come to me and help me in this way, I would just be so grateful. So I think they, they go hand in hand, uh, help, you know, the help that you've received yourself in, and then also wanting to to help others. Yeah. And there's also this excitement that I find when I feel like I've cracked the code a little bit. I'm like, oh, OK, this worked. This worked. I got to tell someone, you know, right? Like not in a, not coming from a position of, of like, I know it all, but I'm like, if this worked for me, it had to have worked for someone or I've discovered something new. I have to share this insight with someone. So I think us curious yeah. cats all band together to some degree, but will you tell us a little bit about your grief story and how it has led you to where you are today as a writer and as a grief recovery coach and all the things. Sure. Um, I'd say in terms of uh, my grief story, I mean, we can all start from mm. childhood. There's, there's something mm. we can all talk about. And so I would just say in my childhood, I was I, I grew up in a family where we didn't talk a lot about emotions and how to process things and when, when things came up. And uh, so throughout my childhood and my teenage years, when I had a lot of um events happening, either a a family member dying or just some personal experiences with friendships, losing friendships, or um, even some abuse that I experienced, I just kind of kept it all in and I never talked about it. And uh, that's just, that's not help. That's not healthy. But I didn't know that at the time. I I thought that that's how you move on. Because a lot of times people tell us, just get over it, move on. But we don't know, nobody's told how to do that. So I just, you know, shoved a lot of things inside. And um, then as an adult, uh, my my mother died when I was 29, which was the most significant loss that I had ever experienced. Right. Um, it just changed me in every way, shape, form, or fashion, physically, mentally, emotionally. I, I, I was going through a lot of, uh, of challenges um, with that. And um, I read a lot of books because I, that's just, I like to read. So I thought somehow Good. that's going to help help peel me and um, it gave me some good head knowledge, but um, I just continued um, to, you know, to live my life to the to the best of my ability that I knew how. And a few years later, I discovered the Grief Recovery Institute mm-hmm. and did one of the trainings. Now I went because um, my church that I was working for, uh, we didn't have any recovery programs at the time. And as you can imagine, a church full of people, there are going to be grieving people and they're going to be people who are going through hard times and need help. And uh, a lot of the pastors didn't feel equipped to help in that particular way. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I was tasked with finding a recovery program and found the Institute. 
And I went thinking that I was going to get these skills so I can go help other people and then got myself there and realized like, oh dear, no girl, you have your own stuff oh, yeah. to go through. Right. I have my own unresolved grief. And um, so I started processing a lot of things that had just stayed really shoved inside of my heart um, my, my whole life. Um, so became, I just became the biggest cheerleader for the work and um, started to to do that work within, um, within the church and then within the community. And then, you know, starting to work with a lot of people with whatever loss they were experiencing, because it's it's not just death or divorce, which which a lot of times people think grief is are just those two things. Grief yeah. is really any loss that you could be experiencing. And um, through the course of that, I started to just to be aware of some of the things I was really, really passionate about. And a lot of it uh, revolved around relationships. And at the time I was single. So a big part of my work and the reason actually I started my blog was when I was single because I wanted a way to process what felt like a loss for me. Some mm. people were happy being single. I had days where I was happy and I had days where I was like, this sucks. And I wanted just to yeah. like process the whole experience because I knew I had other friends who were going through the, the same thing as well. Mm. So the writing started that way. And then it's just kind of expanded into other areas that have been, have become relevant for, for my life and that I feel like I, I can talk to. From the context of um, how do I deal with whatever it is, if it's being single or dating or uh, in your marriage or whatever the relationship is when something feels like a loss. Mm. So that's kind of the, the way I approach most of the stuff that I write. I love it. That's beautiful. And I really love that you are giving space for grief outside of just death and divorce. Because it's, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, when I talk to people and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I host podcasts and work with grief dialogues. And it's a grief nonprofit. The first thing they say to me is like, oh, so you deal with a lot of death. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But also there's a lot of other things that we grieve. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And go and ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's such a huge point to make because a lot of people will disqualify themselves from yeah. from work that they could be doing because they don't even realize that they're grieving because we right. a lot of people think, oh, it's just death. And so, oh, this little issue I have over here, that's 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 not tied to anything. Free. Right. And when you can't when you can't uh, name it for what it is and you don't deal with it. And so people are walking around with certain um, uh, things that are unresolved in them emotionally mm. and because we as a society still aren't aren't that great at supporting one another to properly heal and yeah. process we walk around kind of just trying to manage on our own right. so it's it's just so it's such an important distinction for people to to know what grief actually is like how expansive it is so yes. people can see themselves instead of disqualifying themselves like see oh i oh i must be a griever as well and and know that there's a way to mm -hmm. to work through that so why writing blogs like why writing why not painting pottery dancing singing you know what what did you i mean you said you always like to read but uh, yeah, I like to I like to read as well. Um, so that that was that was one outlet. But I think that for me to process some things, writing was just a, a natural way for me to do it. I always liked writing in like in a journal. So I like writing down thoughts and 
um, and just kind of processing either either something I'm trying to work through or just like random thoughts that are going through my head and yeah. <laughs> just trying to get them out of my head so and onto paper so I can move on to thinking about something else. Um, so I, I just I just like the creativity of putting thoughts together on paper. Um, and do you actually do it on paper? Like, do you actually write it out on a journal, or okay, do you type I am it? Old school. Okay. Well, I should say no. I, I'm I'm old school and new school. Sometimes okay. I type too. Okay. Or sometimes I um, use the dictation. So I'll just hit the dictation button. I'll just start talking, and it'll type things out for me. But I love like writing is still my favorite. Like pen to papers is still yeah. my favorite version. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell everyone who's listening. I hear that. I echo that. <laughs> I have a confession and oh, everyone here gets it. to hear it right here on this on the show. I love voice messages. Um and mm-hmm. my best friend can attest to this cuz I'll send her like 12 minute voice messages. I'm over here cooking dinner like girl look and I'm like just talking. <laughs> but I love to record myself especially when I'm emotional and I feel like I'm I'm batty. Like you know Okay, everyone everyone knows this, so I'll just say it for us all. You know when you're you you know you're spiraling. You're like, I know I'm tripping. I know I am, but I just I got to I got to uh-huh. call someone, but you don't really want to talk to anybody cuz you're like this isn't this isn't really anything to trip over. Um I will record myself talking. And it's so great cuz I'll play it back and listen to myself. And sometimes I listen and I think it's kind of similar to jour- journaling, it's like verbal journaling, right? Cuz then you can go back and you can reflect and you can say, "Oh, I had a good point there." Or you can be like, "Oh, yeah, no. This <laughs> like I was <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm off the rails a little bit, but um okay, cool. So you're old school. And so is Elizabeth. Pen and paper. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. There's something about, and I there's been. Don't ask me to cite my sources because I oh. don't know them. But I, <laughs> I've I've read places that say that pen to paper, even cognitively, is the best way um, yeah. to learn, and and also that for whatever reason we are more honest, we are more vulnerable and honest. Um, put writing it down than we would be uh, on a computer. And I don't know if that's just because we use computers so much Probably. just for everyday stuff. And yeah. so this, it feels different, but yeah. So on your website, which by the way, hold on, let me, her website is the Mo Betta Joe, right? Oh no, mobettajoe.com. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. So on her website, yes. she has her blog and she has tons of articles that you guys can scroll through they are all really great reads and one of them is you might be depressed if dot 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 that one mm-hmm. really caught my eye and i because that's just like that's that title i'm like what do you mean might be depressed if right and in that <laughs> there's this this is a little quote from one of her um, pieces Besides, I had no time for sadness because I had way too many things on my plate at the time. And after all, I'm a grief recovery specialist. My life's work revolves around recovery. And it made me think, I mean, that was so self-aware, first of all. Um, And also, I thought it was so real because, I mean, we're all like, oh, that can't happen to me. Or, you know, and not just with depression, but just whatever your field is, right? And then, and you're like, I'm an expert on this. And like, I don't have that. You know, right? Um, right. What? How do you pick your? To- go ahead. No, what were you gonna? What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, how do you pick your topics? How do you kind of get an idea to write an article like that? Like, I might be depressed if, or you might, you know, like what? 
Yeah, it's such a that's a it's such a good question because um, you know what I hear the advice I hear often is um, you need to find out what your readers um, what oh, they care about and yeah. you write about those things and so I, I do get that and I, I that's always in my mind when I'm picking things to write but mm. at the end of the day what is going to be most authentic to me is is what I'm going through and mm. to be able to express that in a way that's relatable to other people, knowing that other people um, are probably, there are some people out there going through the same thing. So it's always interesting when I hear that, um, that advice, because I never hear the advice of pick the things that are very specific to your life and then talk about them authentically. But that's, but that's what I do. So yeah. that was a season of life where um it took a it took a good minute for me to say you know i think i'm depressed i think i'm um not okay uh because i had been and this is a habit dates that dates back to my childhood um when things weren't okay in particular um i spent a year of my life um being bullied at school mm. and the way i got mm -hmm. through every day was to tell myself everything's okay i'm okay everything's fine oh yeah um i'm in one piece i'm okay i'm okay so yeah. i use that as a mantra every time something's happening i'm okay i'm okay even if i'm not so oh yeah i do that um, i totally do that yeah yeah it's still it's still a habit i have to check myself on so you know i'm all like all kinds of i don't want to get out of bed i don't want to do anything mm -hmm. i'm tired all the time not realizing to myself not acknowledging yeah this is this is depression this is a form of depression right. and i didn't realize it because i'm too busy with my okayness right and so um the thought behind that series was to just do a couple of uh conversations essentially of hey you may be able to identify something that you're experiencing as depression and that's not a bad thing to it's not a bad thing to acknowledge. It's always good to acknowledge the truth about yourself and then move accordingly. But I think we get so functional sometimes in society and like the, the quote you wrote, you, uh, you mentioned, yeah. it's like, I was, I'm too busy. I got stuff to do. I have places to go. And I, you know, I have this particular title that people would assume that somehow I don't have those issues. Like I don't, you know, have moments where, I can struggle emotionally with something and which is silly for me to mm -hmm. even fall in that trap of wanting to have that sort of idea or image about myself because I know good and well the work I do doesn't preclude me from having issues it just I now if something comes up I know I can process it but before that I have to acknowledge that something is actually happening you know to get into that place so that yeah. whole series really came about as an encouragement for people who are maybe uh, in, in hiding with their emotions and they don't know how to get help or to oh, oh, tell the truth about themselves. You're talking to me. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, no, so, okay, so you just, uh, a couple of minutes ago in our episode, you were saying that, you know, one of the most transformational moments in your life was when you lost your mother, you were 29. Right. And I'm in a very similar phase. I just lost my dad. I'm in my late 20s. And like everything in my life and who I am is changing in front of me. And it's blowing my mind because I'm 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 like loving this new person because I feel like I'm more me. And mm -hmm. but I'm also in this phase of 
like trying to figure myself out. Like, you know, like I thought I had myself figured out. I thought we, I thought we did this. I thought I was okay. Right. And I'm running into this clash where I think a lot of our listeners might run into with their grief as well. And you might've run into, so you might be able to speak to this. I'm hoping is this self accountability, like this mismatch with self accountability and like meeting my, my accountability standards for myself, but also Mm -hmm. giving myself the space to feel what I need to feel and be okay with it. And that's Mm -hmm. like that weird, this is where, when you said earlier, you said, I say, it's okay. I'm fine. It's okay. It's okay. Right. And you kind of shove it. That's always been my main move too. But now it's bubbling up here with this grief and I'm like, huh, I'm not okay. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And now we're treading this like, it's not like I'm treading a depression line, but you know, I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to cook breakfast for the kids and I don't want to do all mm-hmm. these things, but that's a, a self-accountability that I hold myself to, a standard that I hold myself to to keep my life going. So like, where do you, I don't know, where, where does it meet? You listeners, you can't see me clapping, yeah. but like, where's the, where's the middle point, right? <laughs> well, I, I think you just said the self-accountability is like a standard you hold yourself to, but it, I, I would kind of switch it into i would rephrase that into just um kind of basic everyday needs like more so your children gotta eat well okay i mean mean, that was probably a really bad example i I feed my kids guys don't worry (laughs) (laughs) right but you make sure they get fed like however they they get fed right so i mean that's just a that's a need you as a mom are responsible for meeting but in terms of like your own self-accountability this is like when you have these two hands right that's where i feel like they're just the same thing like they morph into one your self-accountability is just to tell the truth about yourself Mm. that's one of our major um mottos at the at the grief recovery institute just, just to tell the truth about yourself all the time and the tension in that is it it's doesn't always feel safe to do so because you feel like you have to have a particular image like mm. you have to have a particular image as a mom or you have to have a particular image as a professional and right. people may not take you seriously or oh my goodness what if my child sees me crying uh i say if uh if your child watches you and witnesses you having a rough moment right and then also witnesses you processing what you're going through that's a great thing because they need to see they need to have an example of what do i do when i have a bad day what do i do when um i'm feeling something some sort of feeling of sadness or whatever whatever the case is as a child and if they don't see that modeled then they what they whatever they do see modeled whether it's pretending like they're you're okay isolating yourself in your room they're going to do the same things that were um modeled modeled for them Ooh, isn't that so the, the kind truth. of idea huh i said isn't that the truth right like our, um she shared with us on the call as we logged on guys that she um is a boy mom like me and so she was i can imagine you have these moments where you're probably parenting your child as well and you're like dang i sound like my mom or dang i sound like my dad or something <laughs> you know because it repeats itself right we're a product of our environment. So I think you're totally yeah. spot on. It's about how you handle it and are truthful with yourself. Yeah, it's just, it, there's there's just a part of this that's just not comfortable. It's, it's, mm. it's not necessarily comfortable to yeah. be going through whatever particular loss that it is. Kind of feel like you're under a um, microscope sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you feel, and, and then, yeah, if you feel like you have all of these eyes on you, then, then yeah, then you feel even more so pressure to look a certain way or to act a certain right. way or to keep whatever particular <laughs> appearance up. But the problem with that is, is the more energy I put towards um, appearing a certain way for other people, mm. the, uh, I'm simultaneously not actually dealing with what's going on with me. Right. So we... Um, you know, in the grief work that I do, one of the bigger challenges is for people to get really comfortable with telling the truth about themselves and not worrying about how other people see them or what other people may tell them to do or how they should think or how they should feel because they get a lot, a lot of people like to put their opinions on how you're supposed to go through your process. But you just need to go through your process in a way that's most truthful um, and respectful of yourself and what you're feeling so you can um, so you can actually process those things instead of all this mental energy going towards um, just what other people may uh, you think may expect of you right 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 oh I I fully agree with that. that's great advice thank you did you did you know you were coming yeah. on to, to, to give me no but i'm happy i'm happy to so <laughs> no i think that's so helpful and i i mean that is the hardest part of life in general it's just it's a mm-hmm. mirror you got to look at yourself in the mirror you know and mm-hmm. and it's vulnerable i think the word is vulnerable like it's just a like you said it's uncomfortable sometimes yeah yeah is there right. anybody so I- oh go ahead no, no, you go. I was going to say, is there anybody that inspires you or motivates you all the time, like fitting with that theme of, of that self-reflection and being truthful? Well, telling the truth about yourself. Um, let's see. Really, uh, anyone you think is a really think. great example of that, you know, just in the world that you can think of off the top of your head, like this person seems to have figured it out. <laughs> Not the of people that you, yeah, I'm trying to think of people that we would all know so you could. Oh, um, okay. Well, um, tell us somebody new and we'll look them up. Everyone get your phones. Google it. <laughs> uh, well, I would say, you know who I, I'm always intrigued, honestly, by Chrissy Teigen. I feel like she, oh. Oh, and sometimes she says, to you know, she she's uh, truthful to a fault. Uh, but I, yeah. I really appreciate her ability to, to say exactly what she's thinking and feeling. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I just grew up in a reverse kind of um upbringing where you just don't mm. talk <laughs> right. as a child you right. don't share things so um i i just admire people who are able to unabashedly like i, I can hear in whatever they're saying that they've chosen to speak the truth of mm-hmm. the way they see it and the way they feel it mm-hmm. and without fear or with or they just choose it over whatever somebody may think of them. So somebody may judge them, but they're like, I think sometimes for me, I have to, I would have to coax myself into saying something because you don't necessarily want to be judged by someone right. else. So like the Chrissy Teigens of the world who are able to speak their mind. Um, and I know, you know, everybody has feelings and is sensitive and everybody likes to be liked. So, right. so people who just endeavor still to say those things, um, I, I am super admired. Amanda Seals would be another person like that. Oh, I, I love of. Amanda Seals. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know who Amanda Seals is, she, I'm, well, I love, okay, first of all, I hope everyone knows who Chrissy Teigen is. And, um, if you don't, that's John Legend's wife. And if, uh, Amanda Seals is, wow, she's just an extraordinaire. She does a whole lot of things and has a podcast. Um, Amanda Seals, if you're listening to our podcast, 
Jocelyn and I say hi and Elizabeth, but uh, we do. We um, love you. We love you. Um, no, I I think that that's super spot on. And like the other thing too is that with art, if you are someone who is not a really verbal person, arts and I'm using art as a big umbrella term, like some sort of craft or creativity is a great way to say what you need to say without using words necessarily. I mean, I think writing falls under that and those are obviously words, but if you are someone who is creative and like to paint, draw, I don't know. I think that gives them permission in a way to express what you're feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so thank you so much for all of your insight. I have one last question for you. Um, okay. What is your, as, well, especially as a grief recovery institute professional, but, and also as an amazing, amazing writer, what is oh, your, you. yo, yeah, you guys, you got to go check out her blog posts and um, her website and everything on there. I was quite literally, like, I always look at everyone's stuff before we have them on the show so that I can just know who they are. And I was on her site for like three hours, just like browsing around. <laughs> I was like deep in there. I was in bed eating some cookies and like reading. And yeah, I was totally in it. Um, That's so awesome. Thank you for telling me. Oh, I mean, it's kind and of sometimes because so I'll tell you like my my worst negative chatter. Sometimes I'm like, why are you writing this? You know, nobody's reading your your blog. And then <laughs> I'm like, whatever, I'm going to write it and post it anyways. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I read it. I read it. Um, okay, so what is your, we always ask our guests, what is like your go-to tip as a, and for you as a writer, what is your go-to t- tip for coping with grief and expressing grief as a writer? As a writer, um, I, I just think that uh, it is so important, and it's, I guess it's the same way I feel as a grief recovery method specialist. It's just yeah, it's so both. important to uh, name whatever it is that you're going through, to not fear, um, you know, being judged or whatever it is, but to give yourself the freedom to feel what you're feeling. So however you process that, if it's writing or talking to a friend, however however that looks for you, that you feel freedom in expressing what you're going through and what you're feeling because that's the only way you can move to a um, to a place of recovery and um a lot of the work that we do is we, we say we want to expand people's capacity for happiness because when you are grieving it gets really constricted and you mm. don't realize how much happiness you really lost and if you're and if you're not careful then you'll start to think that in this it's constricted phase that that's a, that's as good as you're going to get right so i i all for whatever method you use to help you start expanding that capacity for happiness again so you can um have a, a, a life that is free from those particular losses that have just really held you down for so long i love that that is great advice thank you for sharing uh-huh. elizabeth yeah. are you elizabeth is still here I'm still here. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I'm just listening. I'm a little fly on the wall. And oh. I loved hearing and I loved all the great advice, Justin. You were wise beyond your years there. Thank you oh, so much. Yeah. I know everyone will really appreciate it. Um, appreciate your advice. And it is kind of cool to have all this moms of boys. Um, and <laughs> your boys are little, but I'm here to tell you they grow up and they. there's nothing better than smiling at the man that you helped 
grow and you know be a good person so oh, you know amazing. i often say we're changing the world one boy at a time we <laughs> are but you know what elizabeth since we have you here just for a second what is i mean give us two seconds what is what do you think about the element of displaying grief around your around young kids right well i as um I've now that your kids are grown up very open yeah, yeah. I've always been very, we've always been very open. And okay. my, my dad died um, uh, 96 when my youngest son was not even two years old. Mm. And my mom had to move my mom here and everything. And so we, uh, and at the same time, their father almost died. And so it Ugh. has been part of our life. Death has been part of our life. So we all, we talk about it very openly and honestly. And, and now that they're all grown up, kind of funny they send me death jokes or you know they drive by yeah. a cemetery and text me and say oh mom i drove by a cemetery i thought of you so oh, anyway it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something to be remembered about but anyway so yeah just being open and honest and and letting them see you cry and i will add to mm. your partner your male partner letting um letting it be okay for your male partner to express grief and sorrow and tears is very very helpful oh. for young young boys and growing yeah. up seeing it's okay to openly grieve so right it's almost to my mind it's almost better if if the dad uh expresses his grief openly more than the mom so yes that's so, a great point that is come on dad be yeah. a man and cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great switch from you know boys don't cry. So that's great. Right. Exactly. Oh, no, no, exactly. boys need to cry. Cry it out. Yeah. Well, yes. Holly, I thought of one thing. Do you yeah. mind just really quick? Um, no, I don't mind because you mentioned. Oh, you mentioned my, my website mobetajoe.com. So I just want to give you a heads up. I'm yes. changing it to my name. Eventually, it's going to be jocelynjacksonwilliams.com. Okay. Um, but. No worries. I just don't want people to get freaked out if they're like, I typed Mo Better Joe. Why is it on this page? Because I'm gonna, it's gonna forward to that in, in the future. Beautiful. That's okay. exciting. I got yeah. it. Okay. Well, everyone here, because I have this little sheet up in front of me, you can stay in the loop with um, Jocelyn at MoBetterJoe.com, which will eventually become JocelynJacksonWilliams.com. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. But it'll forward. So whichever okay. way you go, it'll you'll, it'll get to the same place. Beautiful. She's also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, with the handle Mo Betta Joe, and you can also find her on LinkedIn as well. Um, by under her name, Jocelyn Williams Mo Betta Joe. Um, I am so grateful that we had you on this podcast today. Thank you so much for bringing this positive energy to our atmosphere to our listeners. Do you have good plans for the rest of the day for this Wednesday? you know work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing super exciting work and i have a my son has a doctor's appointment so that's, oh. that's the excitement of the day for us that hey that's good sometimes the usual mom stuff the yeah. usual mom, mom test stuff. great mom stuff. if you have dinner figured out please uh hit me with a message because i don't have it figured yeah. out yet so oh yeah we're, you know we're in this together um we are one yeah. in the same i'm the same way i'm like, like again yeah again dinner again <laughs> when was that and if i don't have it defrosted by three o'clock it's it's a wash everyone's getting chicken mm -hmm. nuggets that's where we're at so all right cereal cereal that's right <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for joining right, us you. for another thank episode of thank out of you so much thank you for joining us for another episode of out of grief comes art this has been hallie williams and elizabeth copeland and jocelyn williams as well we thank you and hope you have a lovely wednesday bye-bye